So we just heard then about um, your latest book, Cole, um, yep. that you co-wrote with Tony Payne, um, a vine, the, the Vine Project, which is for sale at the bookshop. And you'll be doing a workshop on that tomorrow, which is available to everybody to come to that workshop. But we just wanted to take a few moments to reflect on this and what came prior to it, which was this book, um, The Trellis and the Vine. And, um, Andrew, that's why we've got you up here as well, because we want to get a bit of... Um, how should I say, a little bit of banter, a little bit of backstory as to some of the discussions... Backstabbing. Backstabbing. <laughs> you can turn your backs to each other. and No, no, um, as to some of the discussions that led to um, this, this next book. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with you, Andrew. I'm going to say, Andrew, when this first... When Sorry, this, do, do you have another mic? Or? I'm going to give mine to Andrew yeah. and then just let you guys go for it. Yep. All right. um, we don't have another cordless, do we? And that's the problem. No. No, we'll blame Scott for that. Only two cordless. Um, when, this, when this first came out, Andrew, I believe you got a copy of it and you took it away on holidays with you and you read it while you're on holidays. Um, how did you feel when you first read Trellis and the Vine? I'm looking forward to this, Andrew. <laughs> I'm just checking the hand behind me. It, uh, we had a, an advanced copy that we took on holidays with us because it, I think the book, you were trying to get it done quickly and so and the timing was such that we had to read it on holidays and um through the holiday i wasn't going to read it but through the holidays my wife was getting more and more moody and kind of distant and kind of grumpy and uh i wonder what's going on well like what am i doing and you know what was happening she was reading your book yeah <laughs> it wasn't you this time <laughs> it wasn't me and it <laughs> and it took kathy a little while to process she's going it's that book and uh, and so <laughs> we, he's, we, told, he's told me this for six years. Yeah. <laughs> and and the book. So here we are running a fairly large church, and we're we're reading a book that um, we're we're trying to work out making sense of in our context. And it was it was a it, we we found it a tension. Now, Cole Cole has been a very very good friend of mine for actually forty years since I was since we were ten, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> So, but, but surfing out the back yeah. <laughs> for, for a long, long time, and um, valued enormously. But uh, yeah, we we had some tensions with the kind of stuff. We talked it through with Cole. We expressed some uh, thoughts back, and I think well, throw to you from there. How did you respond to the thoughts we brought? Well, we you you went further than that. You thought that we had your church in our heads as we were writing. As a critique. As a critique. Yeah. yeah. And it was written to critique EV. Yeah, that's right. We think that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're not sensitive like that. No. <laughs> this is years ago. Um, and, of course, we weren't thinking of EV as we wrote it. But um, it, it's been a great process with, uh, with Herdy and the team uh, interacting with the trellis and the vine and hearing their critique, which is, was basically that if you do trellis and vine, you'll end up with a small church. Yeah, was that, was that's that, right. Yeah. Was that a big part of it? Yeah, yeah, a large part of it. Um, from my navigator kind of background, you end up doing lots of individual discipling and you have a healthy, really healthy, fired-up, zealous 20, 20, 20 people. people. <laughs> 20 people. Um, but you're never going to reach the central coast or anywhere. So it was, it was, it was much bigger than worrying about your church. You were worried about the message it was sending out. Yeah, totally. That's right. That you'd end up with churches of 100 everywhere quite satisfied and contented. Um, and that was a, a big part of the thinking. 
um, in terms of uh, Tony and I writing the trellis strikes back. Well, that's what I wanted to call it. Uh, <coughs> it, did, it didn't make the cut. I've got one more left in me, the return of the vine. But, uh, <laughs> the divine, yes. Yes, it would be good to have God back in it, wouldn't it? Yes, that would be really good. Um, so there were serious concerns. It wasn't just about yeah, her, yeah, Herdy's yeah. holiday. And we've written this one to improve your holidays, actually. <laughs> um, That's right. But, um, and then Tony and I have spent the last six years talking to lots of other pastors in workshops and, and coaching. And uh, it's been this long, uh, really interactive, challenging conversation because in any of these books about ministry, you're talking about God's church. And you really want to understand what the Bible's saying. And I'm going to go to my grave not really feeling like I've understood enough about ministry and church. Um, it, it's just an ongoing learning, studying the scripture. So one of, one of the things we found we had to do was, was spend a lot of time studying this idea of discipleship. So the first half, the first third of the Vine Project is actually teasing out biblically and theologically what is discipling and discipleship and disciple-making? Because I think part of the problem was that the language of discipling implied lots of one-to-one ministry, yeah. just that, that subset of ministry, which I'm totally committed to and, and we're all committed to in all kinds of ways of one-to-one. Although perhaps not enough. That's And not enough. So yeah. One we, of the pushbacks that you guys kept drawing attention to me was that uh, we, we assume that that's part of our bread and butter, but there's lots of context you're going into where it wasn't even existing. Yeah. It wasn't even that concern. So we're relating to churches, in, including EV, and having a concern about uh, the structures are in place, the M's are in place, the teams are in place, but what's happening to the people? That, that's my background. I, there's all the different so you did write it with us in mind, hmm? is what I just heard. <laughs> uh, we're still thinking about you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the, the, the problem of how to grow bigger which um, many of you have in EV and other churches here, and yet still know the state of the flock, still know who is converted and who is growing and what is the next step of growth for people. And how are you going to equip uh, enough mature people in the congregation to be those who are discipling in all kinds of ways, in groups and individually, in families, in teaching, so that the whole congregation is moving forward. So not just with Andrew, but with lots of others, we started engaging on this and we realised we needed to say a lot more positive about the trellis. Um, so we spent a lot of time in the first part of the book on the convictions about discipleship, discipling, trying to clarify, I think, what, what the biblical language is. Um, and then how do you build the structures so that everybody in the congregation is being caught up in the Great Commission of making disciples? And what's the diversity and variety of that? Um, and Herdy's helped me with culture stuff. How do you build a culture of a church so that it's just uh, caught? You just absorb, you just hang around this group of people. And what they're doing is not only coming to church for the worship of Christ, but in order to move someone forward in their faith, to pray with them, to help with them. Uh, the way they spend their evenings and their weeks and the way groups are run are all about the Great Commission, making new disciples and growing the existing disciples. So that's the second half of the book. And I think that's one of the concerns we had, and I think the new book helpfully shifts the emphasis in, in good ways, was that discipling does just devolve down into one-to-one. So you think about discipleship, you think about one-to-one relationships, but also it becomes inward. 
it's me as the pastor pastoring this group of people. But where I think the guys have really... I think The Trellis and Vine's a fantastic book. If you've not read it, you need to, but you need then to read The Vine Project because what I think Cole's helpfully shown us now is that discipling is a system thing. It's a, it's a, it's a corporate activity. All the pieces of church are disciple-making structures. It's not simply the one-to-one relationship where I open the Bible. That's not simply where discipling happens. And as soon as you appreciate that... Uh, what the book then begins to think through is, well, how do I make the whole, you know, from the pulpit to all the ministry teams to every piece I'm running through church life, how do I make that operate as a disciple-making engine that enhances and builds and grows the whole, even and even adds to the one-to-one so it's better. Yep. Um, so I think that's hugely powerful. So when, when you read in the Vine Project the language of culture, it's really very similar to the language of system that um, EV and many other churches talk about how to get the whole system built on the convictions of making disciples, but the whole fellowship doing it together. If you want to pick the bits that that Herdy corrected as he read the uh, draft, a couple of guys, Craig Tucker and uh, Andrew, we asked to read it carefully. Every time it says, make more disciples or keep growing more disciples, every time you see the word more, that's come from Andrew, right? <laughs> and that is really helpful to us because that is the Great Commission to go to the nations. So those crazy dreams that were being expressed this afternoon about um, everyone and 10,000 and the whole city, that's exactly it. And that, that's not my area of expertise. So we, we, do it, we take it as far as we can in, in the Vine Project with, with as much that uh, Tony and I could add. But I really love this movement here. Um, every time I come to it, to multiply. I've been to most of them now. Because there's something about the, the passion to reach more, to go to the whole neighbourhood, to go to the whole community, and to gear things up to be able to do that. That um, in, in one step is another whole... You know, it is the third book in a way. You're writing a book. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's what we're promoting here as well. So, but I think we've got to keep thinking about how can we break barriers... You know, what are we doing in church life that's hindering growth that's not simply because of a spiritual problem, it's because of a management problem or an organisational problem or a system problem. How can we keep thinking past those things Mm. to keep growing our work and and reach the country? If we're going to reach Australia, so 24 million people, um, if if we did that in churches of 100 or 200, think how many churches we would need and how many leaders. We need to keep multiplying leadership and church, but... We need many of our churches to become churches of a thousand and beyond. And we need to skill up to know how to do that and make them not just crowds, but as Cole keeps driving us back to, deep discipleship that's Mm. happening all the way through the whole of church experience so that mature believers are formed for the next generation. So we've got to keep pushing bigger and harder and deeper. I thought of a phrase on that on the plane on the way up. We want big churches... We don't want big churches to grow small Christians. We want big churches to grow big Christians. Or when it by Tim, he said, we don't want shallow Christians, we want mature. So we've got to learn to grow big churches, whether it's multiple churches or congregations or one big one in the building, um, without any loss of maturity and, and passion for Jesus yeah. that uh, Toby expressed to us this afternoon. We need every believer with that kind of passion. So how do you set up the structures? What kind of leadership? What kind? The thing I'll do tomorrow is just on, on how do you equip people uh, throughout the congregation to have that kind of love for Jesus? 
And we've got a big problem coming down the line. You, you guys will have worked this out, but the um, we will very possibly be cut out of school, public school facilities in the next 10 years. And so that does one of two things. It pushes us to have to go lots of small or lots of big with lots of expense into property. So we're going to have to think hard about how we can plant and reach the country in a context where there's a whole bunch of buildings we can't use anymore. Um, in, our, in our context, that's going to kill us. So there's big challenges coming ahead. Yeah. Can I just say one very quick thing? The, the Vine Project, in one sense, because of the work I've been doing, it was written with established churches in mind. At a few points through it, we've said how it would be useful to you in church planting. There's, there's two moments, I think, or two or three moments. One would be in uh, shaping the convictions and values and uh, passions of your core team at the beginning. And then if you're four or five years down the track, or at any, any point down the track, to do a revision of where are you in building the culture of a church where everyone's working at disciple-making and, and you're growing. So I think it, it does work for the church planting context, not just the turning around an established church. 